Welcome, friends, to the Freedom Cast. You are not the crazy one. Not quite a podcast, but rather a kick of confidence to pursue real freedom in your life and not the false manufactured freedom of this world. My name is Jody Meschuk, and I am super excited that you are here and a part of a community of sovereign human beings. Listen, if you've been called crazy, you are not alone because I've been called crazy for 13 years talking about truth. We are going to dive deep into some controversial things. Not sure why they're called controversial when they're truth, but we're going to dig deep into them. Some hard things we're going to talk about some things that might step on some toes, and you can take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind, kind of like a buffet. My goal is just for you to feel less crazy because you're not. Truth is not subjective, but people are. Even though you know, hmm, others still don't. Where the everyday mama meets uncompromised truth and where your small apprehensive no becomes a strong and resounding hell no. Let's get into it. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the Freedom Cast. I'm your host, Jody Muschuk, and I'm super pumped that you are here following along, listening. I want to encourage you right off the bat, if you could share these Freedom Cast episodes, whether you share the link on your social media or send the link to some people in your life that could really I use this information, feel that they're not alone. I mean, here's the bottom line, guys. I'm not doing these to try to convince anybody because as you know, and probably have seen over the last 18 months, there's no convincing someone to look at science in the way science is meant to be looked at, right? Like science is ever evolving. Science is never settled. Doesn't matter I mean, it's never settled. And why is the majority of science never settled? Because we as human beings are ever evolving. The environment is ever evolving. And so when we look at the people that we know in our lives, and, and oftentimes it's people we love, right? It's people we love, family members, good friends. And maybe you yourself have gone through your own transition of You believed one thing blindly like many of us did, and then you opened your eyes and saw things a different way. You know, you couldn't be convinced, right? You had to do that basically on your own time, in your own way. You were on your own path and journey. And it wouldn't have mattered if somebody sent you 50 million studies telling you how toxic the COVID shot is, the clot shot. You probably wouldn't have believed it. So I think it's important that we take a step back and we look at, okay, how can we continue as a community to share information? And honestly, it's through your story. So I want to encourage you guys to share your stories every day. Share your stories of what you learned. Share your story of maybe what happened with your child. Because in the end, it's stories that connect to another person's heart. It's not data. And we're never going to convince people. And it's not about convincing people. It's about us living our lives in confidence and in empowerment and just being who we are. You being the confident and powerful human being that you are, and people will pick up on that and they'll start asking questions. So share these episodes. It's the it's really the one and only way that this information is going to get out there because of social media censorship and 
I have to say, this is one reason why I love just hopping on here. Most of the time off the cuff, most of the time, I don't really have a plan of what I want to talk about, but it's it's something that's on my heart. It's current events or it's my own story and how we got to where we are today. It's talking about autism reversal. It's talking about the more than 50% of children in this country that are suffering from a chronic illness. You guys, that that breaks my heart. That is an epidemic. That's a true pandemic. But that's not what's front and center in the news. But you guys know that it should be. You guys know that it exists. And I guess, remember, come back to the fact that you alone can protect your family. You alone are the gatekeeper. Doesn't matter the chaos going on out in the world. Don't let that enter your energy sphere, right? You protect yourself. You protect your family. And at the end of the day, you know what you believe in and you know why you believe in it. And you're holding that line forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) So what I really wanted to chat about today is anti-vaxxer versus ex-vaxxer. Anti-vaccine versus, you know, I kind of just changed my mind after I started reading the data. Imagine that. I kind of just changed my mind and I'm not in blind trust anymore because I put on my common sense hat and I started asking questions. So it's interesting, the whole conversation about anti-vaxxer versus pro-vaxxer, because there really is no such thing. Certainly, somebody could be a part of the cult of scientism and the cult of vaccines and have blind trust in them. And that typically is what we see, is, is the ones who are not in a place of wanting to question or even being able to have a productive conversation with us, that's the cult of scientism. And as you know, when someone's in a cult, whether you've watched documentaries on it or maybe you yourself have been in a cult, or maybe you know somebody that's been in a religious cult or any other type of cult, they won't leave until they're ready. They won't leave until something happens and something switches on in their brain to make them go, hmm, I think I've been taken advantage of. I don't think I believe in this so-called guy who calls him Jesus, the next Jesus, (laughs) right? Or a prophet or whatever they call themselves in cults. There's a lot of names, but you eventually... Um, you know, those people who find themselves in a cult-like setting, and this isn't just religion, guys, we have cult-like settings in a lot of different areas and ways. And what we're seeing right now is we're seeing this bubbling to the surface of the cult of blind faith and trust in vaccines and the cult of scientism. And I, and I want to encourage you to sort of take a step back and have a big picture perspective. And when we when we get frustrated because we think, oh my gosh, how could these people be so blind? And maybe it's somebody you love, right? Could be a brother, a sister, um, where you're you're just your heart is aching because they keep injecting their children. You guys, we have this in in every family. Every family is touched by this. There's not a single family on this earth in this country, I would say, let's just take the United States of America, but you could certainly throw in many other countries in there. 
there's not a single family that is untouched by some family members believing blindly in the vaccine, whether it's out of fear or whether it's out of blind trust in the system. And you have other family members who are questioning whether they've been questioning for a long time and they're an ex-vaxxer, or maybe they just started questioning. You guys, I have it in my family too. Again, no family is untouched by this. But remember, at the end of the day, we have to allow people to have their own journey. You had to have your own journey would be my guess. Because when we look at this conversation about anti-vaxxer versus ex-vaxxer, you know, as well as I do, that is the only way anybody who is part of the cult of scientism can turn society against each other, can kind of shine a spotlight on a group of people that are questioning and using common sense and really villainize them to the point that you you are shaming them, you're calling them names because you want the rest of society to view them as dangerous. You want the rest of society to view them as irresponsible. That's the only way the enemy can do its work is by that. So to call a group of people anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxer doesn't actually exist. I suppose you could maybe say there's a very, very tiny portion of the population, and I think it's pretty small, that probably grew up in a home where maybe their parents were ex-vaxxers. At some point down the line, somebody opened their eyes, whether it's your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa or your great-grandma or your great-grandpa. Not many vaccines existed back then, by the way. (laughs) But at some point, somebody became an ex-vaxxer. And maybe potentially those ex-vaxxers had an impression on their children and maybe their children grew up with zero blind trust in the system and zero blind trust in the government. And then at that point, sure, okay, maybe maybe they grew up as an anti-vaxxer. I don't know. Regardless, the term is used to divide. The term is used to shame a group of people so that the rest of society views them as dangerous. When the reality of it is, most people are ex-vaxxers. They're not anti-anything. They're pro-informed consent. They're pro-having a choice to what is injected into your body. They're pro-science because real science actually points to the fact that vaccines are dangerous. They carry with them risk. They don't and never have worked in the way that, hey, vaccines should be the marvel of our, of our time period, right? They, they should be very scientific, The fact of the matter is vaccines are completely anti-science, anti-science and how they're actually working versus, hey, you know what? If somebody were to create something that had zero toxins in it, maybe it was a pure virus 
and your body got little minute exposures to it and built up immunity. Oh gosh, that sounds like, that sounds like homeopathy. Uh-huh. Imagine that. Your body getting exposed to little bits of the natural virus, disease, whatever you want to call it, homeoprophylaxis. That might be a possibility that I would look at. And in fact, we do use homeoprophylaxis from time to time. But here's the thing, is when you synthetically create something and then you add a whole bunch of junk to that cocktail and inject it over and over and over and over, and I could go up to 96 because that's pretty much what children get nowadays. That is not science. In fact, that is the opposite of how you gain natural immunity. There's so much more risk in that model than there ever would be of benefit because the body doesn't recognize that. The body doesn't recognize what you're trying to do to it. And so it has a kickback effect. And for many people, that can be death. Look at what's happening right now. And we're going to get into this in a little bit when we talk about VAERS, the vaccine reporting system. You guys, it's, it's in, it, insane the amount of reports that are going to VAERS. And that's only a conservative estimate. That's only about a third of what's actually happening out there. And then you have the media covering up deaths from the vaccine because, God forbid, people actually make an informed decision. Would I rather take the risk of dying from this injection? And what could these ingredients do to my body? Or is there a benefit to contracting a disease and building natural immunity? So the entire narrative is built upon lie after lie after lie. And you get to a point where you obviously have to keep lying. But I think where we are at as a society is it's been so many years of this conditioning, the conditioning that really begins in that pediatrician's office. And I hold pediatricians accountable for this. And you should hold your pediatrician accountable for this. In fact, you should walk out of your pediatrician's office and fire them and they should not get your money and they should not be able to touch your child and they should not get your trust or anything if you don't feel supported. And we have some great pediatricians out there who are fighting on the front lines, who are listening to parents, who are becoming an ally. That is what we need. But the majority of the pediatric society is responsible for this continued conditioning of parents. Now, should parents have a choice? Of course they should. Do these parents have common sense? Of course they do. But what happens when you go in time after time after time again, and you might start out by asking questions and then you're shamed, and then you get fear put into you. Oh, well, your baby could die from RSV. You guys, what we're seeing right now it's not an epidemic of RSV. It's a lot of shedding of this vaccine. It's a lot of environmental factors, toxicity. It's 
depleted immune systems, poor gut health of babies. But there's no RSV epidemic, I can assure you of that. So when we look and we come back to this conversation of anti-vaxxer versus ex-vaxxer, my guess is, is that you are probably either in a place, if you're listening to this right now, you're either in a place of maybe you just started to question. Maybe you just started to realize, hey, why can't I ask my pediatrician questions? If I say something like, hmm, that doesn't seem so safe to give my baby six vaccines in one visit, and you get shamed, you get embarrassed. They tell you that you're a conspiracy theorist or that you shouldn't be reading those mommy blogger articles and that vaccines are completely safe and they've been tested to be safe. And it's how your baby is going to surely avoid dying from a disease. You have to vaccinate. You have to vaccinate. So over time, what happens is a lot of people just continue to forget the fact that they have a voice, that they can question. They have, they have now maybe gone into a space of fearing the disease more than fearing the side effects or the potential death that, that can occur from a vaccine. So maybe you're here and you're just starting to question. And I'm glad you are because I was in that same place. I was blind trust, never thought about questioning vaccines, never thought that my doctor would ever tell me anything that was false. And you know, maybe they didn't. Maybe that's just how they were brainwashed in medical school. Maybe they never questioned. So now they're going to repeat that behavior with me and repeat that behavior with you in an office. So I was just in this like mm, wishy-washy phase, didn't really think one way or another. And I, I do believe that there is a large portion of our human population that is kind of in that place. Eh, I don't know. Not sure, but okay, I'll just go ahead and get it because why not? My doctor said it was safe. My doctor told me I needed to do it. My doctor said if I don't inject my baby with all of these vaccines that they'll surely succumb to some disease that's not even deadly. Or maybe you've been questioning for a while and you just need some validation. You're in the right place too because we are a community full of people, full of humans that are really, I think, on the same path. We're just foraging our own way. We're just making our own decisions, right, as they come up. We're questioning here and there. We're learning new things. Or maybe you've been on this path for quite some time. I mean, I, I would say I've been an ex-vaxxer for going on almost 11 years when my son received nine shots in one visit, and we nearly lost him forever. And many of you guys know a little bit about my story. I'm going to actually be doing a Freedom Cast specifically on the lie of autism very soon. So please share that one when that one's out. But that was me. I needed this 
massive event to happen in order to wake wake me up. I I needed to be shocked. Now that doesn't happen with everyone because sometimes we just slowly get to a place where we go, you know what? I'm not comfortable with anymore. I'm now an X-faxer and here's why. And then sometimes we have an event happen to our children. And I think, unfortunately, this is obviously occurring in epidemic proportions that children are being injured by vaccines, whether or not their parents are ready and open and willing to question the system. That's, that's up to them. That's their journey. That's their path. But for me, those nine shots and what I saw happen to my son immediately after and then the days and the weeks following that, there was no way I could go back. But still, there was an ounce of me that wasn't quite sure. Probably from years and years of subscribing to the medical industrial complex system of sick care, that that was my safety net, that if anything happened or if I didn't feel good or whatever, they could save me. But I didn't know that I could save myself because they don't want you to know that. That's their paycheck. That's their power play. The more people they have in the system blindly trusting, that's their power. And so even when my middle son was born, I was still a little wishy-washy. I was still a little fearful. Oh my gosh, could he die of pertussis? They make it sound so scary. Those first few months of life, oh goodness, if your baby catches pertussis from grandma or grandpa, they could die. And so he actually got the hepatitis B vaccine and he got the DTaP. And then I was done forever because he got some massive ticks that showed up. Massive ticks. Completely from that DTaP vaccine. And I was done. And that's when I would say that I became an ex-faxer. So here's the thing, guys. Own the fact. Own it that you're an ex-faxer. We shouldn't be embarrassed of it. Shouldn't matter. We need to own it. And I want to talk through a few things that really stood out to me when I first started questioning And when we start questioning, we start looking at the points that we've been told for so long. Vaccines eradicated all disease. That's a big one. Well, I started to question that and I started to look at the charts. I started to look at, well, okay, when was the when was this vaccine introduced? When was the MMR introduced? And when did, or actually it would may, may not be the current. MMR because measles was eradicated quite a bit ago before the vaccine was even introduced. And then you start to look at the other ones. You start to look at every single one, measles, mumps, polio, diphtheria, smallpox, scarlet fever, all, all of them. All of them were already on a massive decline before vaccines were introduced. And why is that? Because humanity is designed that way. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to use the word natural selection, but just, let's just use natural selection for a second because it's a good visual. 
We live in a world. Well, first of all, we live in a fallen world. We live in a sin-natured world. As soon as Eve ate the apple, as soon as sin was introduced into this world, death happened. Diseases happen. But even still, if you look at the cycles that humanity goes through, century after century after century, when we root into how our bodies were beautifully and intelligently designed by God to fight off disease, to create natural immunity, you guys, this is no mistake. This is science. This is the beautiful part of real science. The fact that you have a cell-mediated immune system, a humoral immune system. We don't have to get into depth in this right now, but you have part of your immune system that creates symptoms, symptoms to what the body is being exposed to. And those symptoms are a way of purging. Those symptoms are what society fears. Society fears a fever because they think it's dangerous. Could it be dangerous for some people? Yeah, but it's very, very very tiny portion of the population. But remember, in order to keep you in fear, they have to take that tiny portion of the population and magnify it as if it's everyone. Because then what do you do? Oh my gosh, it's 101 fever. We got to give Advil. We got to rotate with Motrin. We've got to go into urgent care. We've got to go to the ER. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. It's 101 fever. That's what the body's meant to do. That's a symptom. It's a sign that the immune system is doing what it is meant to do. Do things go awry sometimes? Absolutely. We live in a fallen world. We are not living in utopia and we cannot create utopia on earth. And that's a whole nother transhumanism thing that they are attempting to do. How do we perfect humanity? How do we become perfect humans? That is in direct violation of God's law. And that will never work. That's why we see things like antibody dependent enhancement. That's why we see reactions from vaccines because we're trying to become robots. Not you, not me, but that's what they want. That's what the religion of scientism wants. And God's law will always push back against that and create something very tragic. And that's what we're seeing right now with the massive amount of people with blood clotting disorders and myocarditis and children getting the vaccine and poor blood circulation and things like death, dying from the vaccine. It's a real thing, guys. So when we look at how we are designed and you look at the decline of diseases over the course of humanity, diseases will naturally decline through natural selection. Some people will die from a disease. Some people won't. The majority of people won't because their bodies, their immune system is is meant to create antibodies naturally. And then those antibodies get passed on in utero through the mother to the child, and it continues. But when you rely on a synthetic vaccine to create that natural order of immunity, 
that's when you get kickback from the laws of nature. And it doesn't work so well because synthetic immunity cannot be passed on. Damage can be passed on. Heavy metal exposure, heavy metal damage can be passed on. Aborted fetal cell exposure can be passed on. Aluminum, heavy, all the heavy metals that are in it, polysorbate 80, which is a massive, massive toxin in vaccines, lots of cancer-causing, formaldehyde, that can be passed on. And so now instead of passing on that beautiful natural cycle of immunity that God designed our bodies to do from mother to child, and then the child being protected for their first part, their first months, let's say for six months of life because of natural immunity passed to the mother because the mother got the disease naturally and built up that immunity. And now the child is protected, completely protected for their first few months of life. And then they start to get the diseases naturally. And then they recover and they build antibodies. And then now that's passed to children. That's the beautiful order of this. And that's what was happening as these diseases were naturally declining, which happened well before any vaccine was ever introduced. That was a big one for me. That was a huge one. The next one was VAERS. And I want to talk about VAERS for a second because we see it a little bit, well, it should be in the news more, but what we see in the media is we see that they are um, essentially attacking the reporting system. Number one, they're not sharing the accurate data, but they're cherry picking data. They're cherry picking what they want to add to their narrative that vaccines are completely safe and everyone should get vaccinated. And the only way out of this pandemic is to get vaccinated. And I started to look at VAERS and now remember my son was vaccine injured. We almost lost him completely. I was never told about VAERS. I was never told by the pediatrician when I called and I said, I think something's wrong with my child. They said, give him Tylenol, give him Motrin, just rotate. He'll be fine. It's normal. It's normal to have a fever. It's normal to have a shrieking cry, which, which I now know was encephalitis. And I now know was the aluminum in that DTAP injection affecting his brain immediately. His brain was screaming for help. And I didn't know it. But my mama gut told me something was wrong. But I was never told about VAERS. The pediatrician never said, oh, well, gosh, that could be an adverse event to this vaccine. Let's go ahead and fill out a VAERS report. You want to know why they don't fill it out? Because it takes like two hours of their time. What mainstream brainwashed doctor or pediatrician is going to sit down for an hour or two and fill out a VAERS report? They don't want to do that. Plus, most of them don't even know VAERS actually exists. There's doctors that I've talked to time and time and time again. And you say, do you know about the VAERS program? Do you know about the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System? No, what's that? Why would they teach them that in, pharmaceut in pharmaceutical medical school? Because then that would open up an entire discussion that vaccines have a risk, a very large risk. And here's the fact of the matter is, Data shows that less than 1% of true adverse events from vaccines are actually being reported. Now, if you look at right now with COVID, with the clot shot, I think 
there is so much more awareness surrounding VARES. And so you have a massive increase in reporting. I mean, we're talking thousands of percents of increase in reporting, 300,000 or more. But that still, I would gather to say, is only a third of what's actually happening. And that's a conservative estimate. So how are we as a society supposed to have true informed consent if our own pediatrician doesn't know about VAERS? Or maybe they know about VAERS, but they don't want to sit down and fill out the report. So that was a big one for me. The next one was was uh, basically my eyes opened to the fact that I wanted at, at, at some point, it was probably a few weeks after the injury happened with my son, that the anger really started to set in. Then I learned about bears. I learned that, well, basically good luck. If you want to fill out the, the paperwork, awesome, but good luck getting anything from it. Good luck actually going to court. You know why? Because the vaccine manufacturers have full and total immunity. Even my own pediatrician, I couldn't do anything. I could have, but it would have been dismissed. It would have been a whole lot of money and dismissed in court and all the things. And because it's a vaccine injury that nobody believes exists because they're told it doesn't exist. And you're going up against such a massive giant. You're going up against Goliath of the big pharma industry, the largest lobbying industry in Washington, D.C. right now, beating out the oil industry. Now, wrap your brain around that. For years, the oil industry has been the largest lobbying lobbying agency. And now it's the pharmaceutical companies. And so why do they have no liability? Well, it goes back to the act of 1986. I started to research that and I started to go, wait a minute. Okay, does this make sense? So 1986 happened. They passed legislation. So that vaccine manufacturers did not have to be held liable. Now, here's what they did is they made it sound really cool, right? Oh, instead of going after us individually, let's create a government agency because, you know, it's so productive to have another government agency. And every government agency currently is 100% truthful and in our corner, right? So that made sense back in 1986. All right, well, let's create this this really honest agency called VAERS. And anybody who now has a vaccine industry in, um, injury needs to go through VAERS. They'll be able to fill out the report. They'll be able to, you know, get a payout if, if they deserve it, basically, if they can prove that there was a vaccine in, injury. Okay, well, yeah. Is the government really going to allow you to prove that you have a vaccine injury or your child has a vaccine injury. And this is exactly what Big Pharma planned for so long because they were getting killed in lawsuits before 1986. You go back to the even the 70s with uh, the swine flu vaccine and how absolutely horrifically tragic that was and how many people died. And they were getting sued. And that was a lot of money. They would have been bankrupt and now they're the largest industry. Billions upon billions upon billions of dollars because they don't have to be held liable. And when I learned that, 
oh, the rage in me, you guys. But I, I just thought to myself, okay, why? Well, I, what can I do? I do not want my son's injury, his story, and ultimately our redemption of reversing autism and reversing vaccine damage. I do not want that to be in vain. So instead, I will never stop sharing our story. I will never stop. Even after years of censorship, I will never stop. Because at some point in my lifetime, theirs will go away and they'll be held liable again. And that's how the industry eventually changes, right? That's how criminals hopefully stop their criminal behavior. That was a big one, that vaccine manufacturers are not liable. I think another one is, as I really sat back and thought about immunity, I thought about these vaccines and the ingredients that were in them, and really from a common sense perspective of asking myself, how are we really healthy? How do we as humans really become healthy? And and health can be physical, right? We can feel healthy. We can look healthy, although there's plenty of people that maybe don't look healthy, but they actually are. But health is also taking our power back. It's owning our power. It's also mental health. It's also growing our own emotional health, digging into traumas and releasing those and continuing on a continuing really on a path of learning every day. But health at the end of the day, this was a big one for me when I finally realized that health does not come in the form of a vaccine. Health cannot ever be found in a needle full of formaldehyde polysorbate 80, aluminum, mercury, aborted fetal cell lines. Health can't be found in the tip of that needle. That needle contains toxins, deadly toxins, and does not help our immune system to do what it's designed to do naturally. The only way, the only way is to let your body do what it's supposed to do naturally. I also learned that there were hundreds upon hundreds of vaccines in the pipeline all the time. At this point, I would gather to say there's at least 300, if not 400, both mRNA, which we know does not work and is a colossal failure and cannot work because that is the ultimate, ultimate opposite of what God, Mother Nature, however you want to view it, designed. And then there's literally a vaccine for everything because that's transhumanism. The, the attempt to synthetically perfect our bodies so that we never get sick, so that we never experience anything quote unquote bad. But that is in 100% direct, direct the opposite of what our bodies are designed to do. 
How do we find health? We learn about our bodies. We provide our bodies with minerals and vitamins and make our environment as toxic-free as possible because we can control a lot of that with our mattresses and what we clean our home with and what we're spraying on our bodies and putting on our bodies and on our babies' bodies and children's bodies and the food that we eat. Vaccines will never, never actually save lives. But that's what they want humanity to believe, that it's the easy way. Just inject yourself with this poison and it's going to save your life. Inject your baby with these five, six, seven, eight, nine poisons at one time and it's going to save their life. But what saves our life, it's not even actually really about saving our life. What allows us to explore what healthy really is, is taking care of ourselves. It's owning our power. It's educating ourselves. It's learning new things. It's choosing better every day. That's what helps us become. Or that's what creates healthy immune systems, really. And especially in our children. Now, back when my son was vaccine injured, what was in the news, what I heard all the time, and of course what the media was doing was was basically tearing apart Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Jenny McCarthy. But instead of looking at it as, ha ha ha, look at that, they're, they're quacks, they're conspiracy theorists, vaccines are completely safe. Remember, I was kind of in the middle. I was kind of wishy-washy. I was like, yeah, I don't know. It hasn't really affected my life yet. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what to think about it. So I didn't until my child was injured and then I did. But that's what was in the news a lot. And just tearing him apart because he stumbled upon what what appeared to be an interesting correlation. You know, his paper did not actually claim that MMR caused autism. He He was looking at gastrointestinal issues in children. And what do you do as a good scientist? What do you do as a good researcher? Is you look for interesting correlations that may point to something. That's science, right? That's the evolution of science. That's that's always, you know, open to testing and creating theories. That's why science is never settled. And so what the media put out was that he did a study or he said MMR causes autism. And that's what they villainized him and they still villainize him over, but that's not even true and accurate. And so I started to actually read what he did and listen and research and look deeper. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. And why does my son have such large gut issues? Well, maybe there's a connection between his gut issues and his so-called autism diagnosis, which was a farce, by the way, because autism today the label that they're giving children, including what my child received, is a lie. It's a farce. It's a lie. They have to continue this lie because then, because if they don't, their entire narrative will crumble around autism. But I started to question that and go, okay, so he was studying gut issues. He found potentially, ooh, We should do another study on this. We should question this. We should look deeper. And 
they made him out to be the worst human being ever. But it made sense to me. And that was a big one. But I didn't listen right off the bat to the media that was that was perpetrating all these lies about her, about him. Because I started to become more in a place of, oh no, I, I know something happened to my child and now I'm going to figure out what it was. The fact of the matter is, is there's loads of peer-reviewed studies on PubMed, Miller's View, um, I'm sorry, it's, uh, sorry, Miller's Review of Critical Vaccine Studies by Neil Z. Miller is a really great resource. And it shows these studies that prove there is a link between vaccines and autism between vaccines and the chronic amount of illnesses that children have today. Remember, the science is never settled. It's never settled. Keep asking questions. Keep analyzing data. But the problem with the data that the religion of scientism wants you to believe is it's straw man data. It's cherry picking data. You can take anything out of something and say, oh, no, there's no proof. The other thing that got me around this that helped me to become an ex-vaxxer is that there's actually never been a study done on the childhood schedule. Number one, that would be unethical. They can't, right? Like it would kind of be unethical to go and inject babies with aluminum and see what happened. There's never been one study that's also looked at the 50 different vaccine ingredients. Only thimerosal mercury has ever been looked at, and it has not been exhaustively studied in the childhood vaccine schedule. They, they pulled it out of some vaccines because of backlash, which tells you the power that you have as humanity, but it's never been thoroughly studied. So we have a system that says, trust us, trust us and inject your child with 96 vaccines over the course of their childhood. Trust us and inject your baby with hepatitis B within the first hours of life because, oh, there, there might be some sexually transmitted disease in the mother. Well, why don't you just test the mother? Your baby's not sexually active. Why are we giving it to newborn babies? There's never been a study done on that. To, to look at the safety and the efficacy of that. You know why? Why would they do that if they don't have liability? Why would a pharmaceutical company do a study on their own vaccines if they don't have liability and it doesn't even matter? Let's move on to the next one. Herd immunity. This was a big one. This is a big one that we hear a lot of. This is where... Cherry picking happens. Straw man arguments happen. Where they're saying herd immunity can only be achieved if 90% of the population is vaccinated with this toxic poison injection called the clot shot. It's not even a vaccine, guys. You know that. Herd immunity will never exist through vaccination. So, so kind of think about what we've talked about before in terms of how the body works, right? 
It's designed to do something in a natural process. Cell-mediated immune system, humoral immune system. Your body has symptoms. The symptoms are a way of excreting the toxin called the viral shedding, the virus, the bacteria. And then you have the antibody part of the immune system that will sometimes two weeks, sometimes a month later, create the full amount of antibodies to now protect you for the rest of your life from catching that infection again. And that is what a mother can pass to their baby in utero. But you can't do that with a vaccine. That does, it doesn't work that way. The body defends itself through catching a disease and creating antibodies through natural immunity. That is what's called herd immunity. And, and what's interesting about this conversation with herd immunity is when you look at the, the mother-to-baby connection, right? I kind of alluded to this back with the pertussis where the way that, the, that nature works, the beautiful design that God has created for us is that mom, let's say, has catched pertussis at some point in her life and created those natural antibodies. That is now given to the baby in utero. It's beautiful how it works. The baby will typically carry the mother's immunity, especially and why it's so important to breastfeed because the baby is continuing to get antibodies through the breast milk. But how many women are just given formula and said, ah, don't worry about breastfeeding here. Just formula is easier. Formula will make your baby sleep better at night. And if the mom doesn't know, the mom's going to fall for it, right? So the baby gets natural immunity continually through the breast milk as well. And they're, they're, they're actually covered through their first six months of life from pertussis, whooping cough. And then after six months is when risk, risk, actual true risk of potential complications from acquiring whooping cough falls dramatically, like 99%. So now, let's say they catch whooping cough at age one. Might be kind of annoying, the barky cough, but they're fine. Their body is equipped to now create their own natural antibodies to that. And now that little girl can pass that on to their baby someday. P.S. Only women can have babies. I'm going to throw that out there right now. (laughs) If I didn't trigger you enough already. (laughs) But if I am triggering you, then you're probably on the wrong freedom cast. So that's the way that our bodies are designed to work to create. That is actual herd immunity. When we mess with that through vaccination, We actually stop that entire process, which is where we're at as a society. And we've been here since the 1990s when the vaccine schedule really ramped up because they realized, nobody can sue us. Let's add more. Let's make more money. By the way, if vaccines were so great, why are they making so much money off of them? Why wouldn't you just give them to people if they were so great? Anyways, I digress. 
But when you when you try to create herd immunity through vaccination, what you create is what's called synthetic herd immunity. And that system will never work because you're messing with people's bodies. You're messing with the divine law of nature. And you're taking away that beautiful cycle, mother to baby, mother to baby, mother to baby. Shingle is another example of this. We are, we, instead of having children naturally acquire chickenpox, which is a very, very common childhood illness that every single child should get. Same with measles because measles protects from cancer later in life. And now you've taken that away. Because remember, injecting a toxic substance full of poison and a synthetically made vaccine is never going to be the same as naturally getting measles. Instead of getting chicken pox, getting measles, getting the benefit of that, and now you're, you're creating these amazing antibodies that are going to protect you from cancer later in life or certain strains of cancer, you're now injecting, or we're now as a society injecting children with cancer-causing substances like formaldehyde, and we wonder why childhood cancer has not been solved, why it's still on the rise. Okay, don't believe the live herd immunity. That was another big one for me because I was like, whoa, this is interesting. Here's another one. Did you know that pediatricians are actually encouraged and paid bonuses in upwards of thirty dollars to $40,000 a year or more, depending on their practice, if they vaccinate children on time, quote unquote, on time, following the schedule? If it's so great, why do you have to incentivize doctors and pediatricians to do it? Well, they'll say, for the greater good. For the greater good. All of it's for the greater good, so we're going to incentivize these doctors for contributing to the greater good. No, I'm not falling for it anymore. If it's so great, You shouldn't have to incentivize doctors and pediatricians to do it. Okay, we're just going through some key points here, guys, of how I became an ex-vaxxer. Here's another one. Well, we already talked about how the CDC schedule has never been tested for safety, but basically what that means is your children, children today, and for many years now, have actually been the live test subjects for vaccines and without consent. So the child doesn't give consent because they're a child, right? The parent is not getting full informed consent because what they're being told in the pediatrician's office is, yes, he's been tested. Yes, they've been tested. I would never give you something that hasn't been properly tested. They haven't been though. And if you know the questions to ask your pediatrician, you'll find that out very quickly. We'll do another Freedom Cast on that. But they've never been tested for safety, which means that children today are guinea pigs in a live scientific experiment. Same goes with the clot shot, the COVID shot. Anybody getting the COVID shot today has basically signed themselves up to be an experiment. Plain and simple. That thing has not been tested. None of these have been actually tested properly in alignment with what the scientific method is. 
here's another one. SIDS. I started to look into SIDS. And I started to go, hmm. What is SIDS? Because I'm being told that my baby has to sleep on his back. But that doesn't seem right because my baby wants to sleep on his stomach. My baby wants to sleep on me. I want to co-sleep. That feels right. Now, remember with my first son though, I was not in a place of empowerment. So I followed the system, followed the rules for the most part until we had that massive wake-up call. But it kind of just didn't make sense. Like he started to get a flat head. I was like, that can't be normal. And we do. We see an, an epidemic amount of children with helmets, with the, the school-shaping helmets because they've been on their backs. They're not meant to sleep on their backs. But we're told it's because of SIDS. Or, or could SIDS be something else? Could SIDS be the fact that a newborn baby, hours old, is being injected with hepatitis B, vitamin K, which causes, there's sodium benzoate in vitamin K, which causes liver failure. And we wonder why so many babies get jaundice. Could it be the toxin in the vitamin K shot? Could SIDS be the fact that babies are injected with hepatitis B that contains many, many toxins, formaldehyde, polysorbate 80, some of the world's deadliest toxins. And then they get DTAP probably within a few days as well when they go in for their quote-unquote first well check. Sometimes they get more vaccines in, one, in that first visit. So what is SIDS really? I don't think SIDS actually exists in what they want you to believe it exists in. I think SIDS is a vaccine injury. But they're going to rebrand it SIDS to have parents put their babies on their backs, don't sleep with any blankets, so that they can hide and cover up all of these children having the worst reaction of all, death. Let's talk really quickly, um, last one on ingredients, because this was a big one for me from going to blind trust in the system. I was, I would never consider myself a pro-vaxxer. And I, I, again, remember, I don't think that that actually exists in mass in our society, because I think that you have a very small percentage of people who are, who have signed themselves up to be a part of the cult of scientism. Those are cultish pro-vaxxers. But I don't like using that name because all that does is divide us. They just have blind belief. That's all. They're part of a cult. They have blind belief. They're not in a place to question until something happens that causes them to question. And that may never happen. And the amount of data you send your mom or dad or sister or brother is not going to change their mind. Remember, we are the example and we live out that example. And that's the way that we, that's the way that we start to change hearts in people. But instead, I think the majority are just, it's a, it's a, eh, I don't know what I believe, but I don't want my child to die. And my pediatrician is saying they're going to die if they don't get the DTAP. And so, okay, I guess I'll just do it. It's more just, eh, I don't know. 
So that was me, and that's probably a majority of you guys. And then you become an ex-vaxxer, where you go, I don't want to be a part of that system anymore. No, thank you. It's like being an ex-anything. Ex-marine. You just don't, you're just not part of that system anymore. That's all it is. We're just saying, no, thank you. I see the light now. The risk of vaccine injury, the risk of deadly toxins that are in vaccines. Nah, I'm not willing to take that risk. Too much risk, too little benefit to the vaccines. That's basically the decision that we come to. And really the biggest one for me was looking at the ingredients. So it was aluminum in particular, because most most mercury has been taken out, although it is still found in certain flu shots. It's also found in third world countries that are still injecting old vaccines. Bill Gates creating a 10-in-1 vaccine in India and some of these other countries. And oh my gosh, the the amount of sadness I have for that. <sighs> but it's looking at those ingredients. And aluminum was a big one for me because... I really, truly believe this this was the catalyst into my son almost dying, but basically falling into his own little world and getting labeled eventually with this diagnosis of autism. And when you look at aluminum, it's very interesting because aluminum loves to pool in the brain. I remember asking the pediatrician and saying, hey, tell me about aluminum. Like, that seems probably like it wouldn't be a really good idea to inject it. And what was their answer to me? Their answer was, oh, it's been studied. It's totally safe. You actually eat aluminum all the time. It could be in food. It could be in water. And until that point, I would have believed that. I would have been like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, it's probably safe. But I was like, "Mm, has there ever been a study on injecting aluminum into children? No, because that would be unethical. Remember, children today are live human experiments. Never been a study on injecting aluminum. So I started to think about this and I started to go, and we're going to end on this point today because this is a big one for me, especially as it relates to autism, is I want you to imagine, and maybe you Your child has been vaccinated and you, again, have come to a place of becoming an ex-vaxxer. But just think about all of the children going into pediatricians' offices and getting held down against their will, basically, and being scared, not not know what's going on. Why are four nurses holding me down? I mean, I remember I had to hold down my son, too. And why? Because they inherently know something's up. Their fight or flight is on like massive, massive. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Fight or flight. Who's going to hurt me? Even if they can't talk, even if they're a baby, their body is made with fight or flight. That's another beautiful thing that God designed in our bodies to actually protect us from death. Because imagine if somebody had a gun to your head and you didn't have your adrenals, to pump out cortisol, to protect your heart in that moment, to protect your brain in that moment, you actually would die 
of fear. But because we have this fight or flight system designed in our body, it's actually what protects our heart. But there's other things that happen through the course of fight or flight situations where these toxins can do so much more damage to our children and to babies, so much more damage. And what I started to think about was, okay, what happens in fight or flight? So if my son and I have to hold him down and two other nurses have to help hold him down in order to inject him with this vaccine and his body is screaming or he's screaming, his body is tensing, he's in fight or flight. Cortisol is pumping out of his adrenal glands. His brain is actually open during fight or flight. So what would happen when the aluminum is injected or the formaldehyde, the polysorbate 80, but specifically aluminum, because it's a heavy metal that likes to go to the brain and the brain's open in fight or flight because the body is under a massive amount of stress. Where does that aluminum go? Normally it would not be able to cross that blood brain barrier, but when the blood, when the brain is open under stress, aluminum can now get into the brain. And it all just made sense. Now aluminum has a direct pathway to our children's brains and aluminum exposure, mercury exposure, heavy metal exposure mimics every single sign that they have on that stupid CARS test for autism. It's brain inflammation. It's heavy metals in the brain. Makes sense to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I will never do this again. Became an ex-faxer because I started to think, because I started to question. And don't even get me started on aborted fetal cells because there are aborted fetal cells, there's monkey kidney cells, there's dog liver cells, there's pig blood. That's how they have to actually start to grow this so-called vaccine, this so-called synthetic form of a virus or a disease. And have we thought about how constant exposure over and over and over and over and over again of aborted fetal cells of who knows what gender injected into our children could be the opposite gender every single time that now affects their DNA. Have we thought about the correlation between the massive epidemic of gender confusion, identity confusion happening in our country and the role potentially that injecting a child over and over and over with foreign DNA can do? That would be an interesting study. So friends, Here's the thing. Like I said, I don't believe that there is a such thing as really an anti-vaxxer. Remember that it's a way for them to divide. Remember that it's how they get you to feel stupid. It's how they shame you. Don't own that. Don't allow that to happen. Understand why they're doing that and that's the enemy. And that's the only way that the enemy can win. 
and the enemy will not win. That's how the enemy tries to have power over people. It's probably a better way to put it. And you don't need to own that. You don't need to take that on. You don't need to listen to that. Most people are ex-vaxxers. Most people have just woken up and said, no, I just, no, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to detach from that system. It doesn't serve me well. That system doesn't serve my child. That system doesn't serve my family. I'm just going to opt out. Hey, guess what, guys? All we're doing as a community of people who are now not choosing vaccines anymore, we just decided to opt out of the system. That's it. It's like opting out of an email. But way more important, you have that opportunity to opt out. Maybe this is the first time that you're hearing this information. Maybe something resonated with you. Maybe something didn't. That's okay. I want you to know that you have every right to opt out of the system if it doesn't serve you well. You don't have to take your child to well checks if you don't want to. There's other options. You can do a well well visit, holistic visit, check-in, whatever you want to call it, with a chiropractor, a pediatric chiropractor, a holistic physician, a naturopath, a homeopath. You get to create what you, what you want. But the system needs you to exist. Without you, the system crumbles. Remember that. Without children sitting in public school seats, that system collapses. And that's where we need to get to. Without babies and children going in for well checks that align completely with the CDC vaccine schedule, hello, they don't exist. That system crumbles and falls. You have the choice, the option to opt out of any system that does not serve you well and create your own system. To have informed consent, to ask the questions, to fire your pediatrician, to find a new one that you align with, that listens to you. That is 100% your divine human right. So if no one has ever told you that before, I give you permission today. I give you permission to question. I give you permission to find a new pediatrician. I give you permission to say, no, thank you. That system doesn't serve me anymore. And it's going to feel hard at first. You might get made fun of. You might get shamed. There might be people in your family that call you crazy and tell you to wear a tin, tin hat, tin foil hat, conspiracy theorist. Oh, don't tell me you believe in that anti-vaxxer stuff. And you know what you can say? Actually, I did my research, and that system no longer serves us. I'd love to talk to you about it when you're ready. And that's it. You don't need to engage with them. You don't need to defend yourself. We don't ever have to defend ourselves for the decisions that we make. You are the gatekeeper of your home. You are the protector of your child. And my guess is that your mama intuition and your gut has been speaking to you for a long time. And now it's time to listen to it. So I encourage you to do that. I give you permission to do that. And we're going to keep unpacking this. This was a big one today. This was over an hour. I did not think it was going to go this long. But this is important stuff. And this is really a foundational freedom cast. So I want to encourage you guys again, please share it. Uh, that's the only way I can get it out. I can't really get it out on social media. Um, so I, I just 
would love for you guys to share this with as many people as possible so that they can get that information. They can feel like they're not alone. And if you are listening to this and you feel alone, you're not. We have a community here for you to wrap our arms around you and say, you know what? You are right where you're supposed to be. Don't forget also there's the Warrior Center, which is at thewarriorcenter.com where I have extensive modules teaching about each of the vaccines, the ingredients, the risk, the benefit, all of that stuff. And you have a community of people surrounding you there as well. Also, sorry, low, low cough. Um, also, the app. So I just very recently, I'm not sure when you're going to be listening to this, but I've launched my own private censorship-free platform and app. And you can find that um, at thewarriorcenter.com as well and sign up for that free app, get course in, get some free courses, uh, listen to the Freedom Cast. And then when you join the Warrior Center, there is a completely private censorship-free platform in there that looks just like Facebook, but no censorship, where we talk every day, we ask questions, uh, people ask questions, I answer them, literally anything, anything you want to know about, anything you're struggling with, any encouragement you need, any research you need, all of that stuff. That's why that community is so special, because you have people around you 24-7 to support you in your journey. So. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next Freedom Cast. Again, I would love it if you wouldn't mind sharing this and own your freedom, guys. Own your divine human right. You got this. See you guys next time. Hey, guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book, Autism Reimagined, on Amazon, available both Audible ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to therighttorule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power, not the government. See you next time.